Wasting no time with these hoes. Let's just finesse people welcome back to this episode of the being technical podcast once again i am your host aaron bian where i'm just being honest we got a lot to wrap uh, a lot to cover on this uh this episode a lot went on in this we- uh week of sports uh, a lot of things transpired and i want to dive right into it obviously for those uh tuning in to this episode i appreciate y'all for tuning in uh, whether you're streaming on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, or even straight from the Anchor app, uh, doesn't matter once again, however you're streaming, welcome. Right, as we start this episode, I know football ended for uh, my Vikings, but they did announce four more Pro Bowlers uh, to the uh, NFC roster, uh, Vikings players. Kirk Cousins made it, which everyone, I expected him to make it. He should have made it to begin with, but Kirk Cousins uh, is an alternate for Aaron Rodgers. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers goes enough time, so he was like, I don't care to go to Orlando when I already live in California and go vacation. So whatever, Aaron Rodgers, you shouldn't have been there to begin with. So how nice of you of giving up your pro ball spot for a more deserving quarterback, Kirk Cousins. Congratulations, Kirk Cousins. Eric Hendricks. Congratulations, Eric Kendricks. He was an all-pro linebacker, had a great season. Once again, he should have made it to begin with, but there were so many talented Pro Bowl, uh, Pro Bowl linebackers in the NFC. It's good to see he made it. He's replacing Bobby Wagner. Everson Griffin made it. and <laughs> Take a while, guess, who the last Viking to make the, 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 the NFC roster. Not only to add insult to injury, they, the Pro Bowl, decided to name... Xavier Rhodes to the Pro Bowl. First of all, I don't know if the voters are just messing with us and just just trying to play a joke on us or whoever voted was just playing a prank on us and wanted to vote Xavier Rhodes in just so they can laugh. I feel like that's something I would do. Uh, just like we did with our president where we just kind of just voted it just to laugh, but we'll get to that, whatever, for the case may be. They decided to put Xavier Rhodes, who was... Let me... If I'm not correct, let me let me let me uh, unfog my glasses real quick and make sure I'm looking at right. He was ranked 120th of all corners, <laughs> and he made the Pro Bowl. And to make it to make matters even funnier, he probably hit an incentive on his contract, and he probably got an extra fifty thousand or whatever bonus on his check. And he could also make an extra 100000 if the NFC wins the Pro Bowl. That's crazy to think, having a miserable season, you get rewarded to being a one uh, into the Pro Bowl and getting more money in your pockets. Kudos to you, Xavier Rhodes. Uh, somehow you uh, ran, off the, ran on the plug twice. Ran off on the plug twice. Go get your paper. And we have to... <laughs> we all laughed. And I know I seen a tweet from Anthony Harris. He was saying congratulations to all the Vikings players that made it. I know he was kind of looking like, how did Xavier Rhodes make the Pro Bowl over him? But whatever, uh, Pro Bowl is a joke, anyways. So congratulations, I guess Xavier Rhodes. 
it's probably the last time. We thought last Sunday was the last time, or past Sunday was the last time we saw you in a Vikings uniform. I guess we got to watch you one more game wear a Vikings uniform because you're probably going to be cut. But whatever. Congratulations, Xavier Rhodes. Anyways, we're going to dive in. I can finally enjoy the Super Bowl this week, this uh, this time. Uh, 49ers roll through the Green Bay Packers. It would have been kind of tough, I'm not going to lie, to watch the Super Bowl with the Green Bay Packers in it. Thank God the 49ers ran wild on them, eliminated the Green Bay Packers. I don't know. That's, I mean, I know I noticed a lot of Vikings fans uh, were excited that the Packers didn't make it. Is this how far we've come, Minnesota fellow Vikings fans, that we have to consistently root for the Packers to lose in the playoffs as opposed to rooting for our team in the playoffs? Is this what it's become? Is this how low we've stooped to where we can't enjoy going to the Super Bowl so we have to pray that our division rival and hated team from across the border doesn't make it to the Super Bowl? But I'm going to enjoy it. I'm glad they didn't make it. Shout out to the 49ers who basically ran all over the Packers. I swear, Jimmy G probably... How did the how did the Packers let the 49ers beat them and which their quarterback only threw the ball eight times and they ran like like 300 yards and didn't even have to and Jimmy G only had to complete one pass in the second half and they still beat you by what th- 17 points they were up 27 and a half that was honestly I would be embarrassed if I was the Green Bay Packers. That's honestly that performance I saw from the 49ers. I know Mike Zimmer was just watching that game and was just salivating, like, oh my God, this is what he in probably in dreamed of, of where he could just run the football all over the field and not have to throw the ball and play solid defense. That was what he that's what he envisioned. I and I know he could be like, well, if I see the 49ers doing it. I know we can do it too, but no, don't don't try to copy. Don't try to copy that blueprint, Mike Zimmer, because it doesn't work for you. Because you know why? You don't have Kyle Shanahan's mind, which I think Kyle Shanahan is one of the best play callers in the NFL, uh, alongside with Andy Reid, which I'll get to in a bit. But just the way the man can just scheme a game and just to draw the design of play, it's just a thing of beauty. I, I, Kyle Shanahan deserves a lot of props for that game plan he put together. He is arguably one of my favorite coaches in the NFL. Just the best play call. Just the way he can kind of utilize his fullbacks and guys in motion. Just the way they run. It's just... If you haven't watched a lot of 49ers football, I'm going to let you guys know that their their head coaches want a hell of a play call. He can design some, just some, design some freaky plays and just somehow... Somebody running wild in that offense. Somebody running wild. If it's not the running back, if it's not Kittle, if it's not Samuels, somebody running free just because of his play calling. Kudos to Kyle Shanahan. He deserves to be back to the Super Bowl. Just the 49ers punked the Packers again. Basically showed the Packers that they were the most fraudulent football team and all the NFL. When you really think about it, the Packers had all every break they could have go their way. Uh, so it made them look like they were a team of destiny that they could go to the Super Bowl, but when you know, in all honesty, the Packers were lucky that the Vikings beat the Saints because if the Saints would have beat the Vikings, the Packers probably would have lost 
to the Saints in the second round, but instead they were fortunate enough to get a Seattle Seahawks team that was basically limping into the playoffs, was fortunate to beat them, and so they looked like they could be going to the Super Bowl, but the 49ers, not only did they beat them once in the regular season, 8-37, to they hung 37 again on them. Bye-bye, Green Bay Packers. It was nice knowing you. Hope you enjoyed your little 13-3 NFC North Division title because... It ain't going to be yours next year. But, hey, kudos to the 49ers. They, put the, they built a great team up that front four. Just think about it. Imagine if, like, they were 4-12 and 12 last year. And somehow, they were able to build a Super Bowl team in one season. Adding all these key players. Getting Bosa in the draft. I think Jimmy G tearing his ACL last year was a blessing in disguise for them. They were able to tank. Uh, get a top, top, um, top pick, got Bosa, short up that D-line, and when they were interviewing John Lynch, he kind of said his main focus of building a football team is from the trenches, the D-line, and the O-line, and you can tell that they imposed their will on both sides of the ball, and that showed that they, they, they are a more superior team. Obviously, my man Sherman, he was in the headlines. I know he got a pick uh, at the end of the game to seal the game. He Let's get in. Uh, kudos to uh, Richard Sherman from bouncing back from his uh, torn Achilles. You know, he didn't give up on himself, even though people thought that was the end of his career. But he, he bounced back and had himself an all-pro uh, season. But speaking of Sherman, there was a little uh, a little beef they had. <laughs> Him and uh, Darrell Rivas was going back and forth. Uh, I think he was criticizing him on a pass on a deep ball. He got burnt by Devontae Adams. And he kind of took a little petty shot on him saying uh, he was slow or, he, you know, that's not how you cover a man. He was uh, all he was is a zone zone corner. And I think I know was Darrell Rivas being petty. Yes. But does he have a point? Yes. That was still kind of petty of Darrell Rivas to take a shot at Richard Sherman like that uh, while he basically celebrating his chance to uh, celebrating getting back to the Super Bowl and just taking a shot at him like that. But would you say Richard Sherman is one of the all-time greatest corners of uh, of all time? Because when you really think about it, Richard Sherman, great player, talks a, lot of, talks a lot of trash. But he was fortunate enough to play with the Legion of Boom, Earl Thomas. He had Cham Chancellor. He really doesn't shadow the best. He doesn't always shadow the number one receiver, so he kind of gets a knock for that. But I would argue Richard Sherman is a product of his of the scheme. But he, whatever scheme he's been in, where throughout his whole career, he's done it to his best. So I kind of disagree with Darrell Rivas. You can't knock a man just because he's he does what he's told. He's not told to shadow. Another team's best corner, uh, best receiver, I'm sorry. And if they do come inside, he does a great job shutting them down. So for those people who say Richard Sherman is not the best, one of the best corners, I'll disagree. His numbers don't lie. Shout out to Richard Sherman. Bet on himself. Proved everyone wrong. I'm going to give my man Richard Sherman some props. Obviously, we got the 49ers representing the NFC. And on the AFC side, Kansas City Chiefs. Blew out the Titans. Showed that the Chiefs offense was too much to handle for the Titans. It looked like the Titans were the team of destiny. They slayed the defending Super Bowl champs. They took out the high-flying favorites of the Baltimore Ravens. And you thought, hey, 
man, if they took out the New England Patriots and the Baltimore Ravens, and it looked like they were going to beat the Chiefs too. They were up 17-7. Henry had two touchdowns. I was like, oh, man, can the Titans pull off a third straight upset to get to the Super Bowl? No, the Chiefs said no, 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 because Patrick, my homie, my dog, came through in the clutch. Son of Twins legend, Pat Mahomes. Big shout out to Minnesota. Yeah, there's Minnesota Connections. Yeah, his son, product of the Minnesota Twins. Pat Mahomes Sr. led his team to the Super Bowl. I guess that might be the uh, the closest a Minnesota team will get to the Super Bowl that we have the son of a former Minnesota sports team player in the Super Bowl. So, yeah, we'll, we'll count it as a Super Bowl for us. Ah, uh, yeah, whatever, whatever. Anyways, but... Again, Andy Reid, in my opinion, I think this more uh, props given to Andy Reid on this uh, Kansas City Chiefs making it back to the Super Bowl back, I think, since 2004. He took back to the Eagles, um, took the Eagles back to, the, uh, took them to the Super Bowl against, against I guess, I want to say the New England Patriots back in 04. He lost that one, but this Super Bowl means, I think, the most to Andy Reid because if he wins the Super Bowl, if Andy Reid can lead this uh, the Kansas City Chiefs to the Super Bowl. Would we finally put Andy Reid in that conversation as one of the best coaches of all time? Because when you really think about it, Andy Reid is one of the most innovative offensive minds in all football with Kyle Shanahan. So in my opinion, Andy Reid and Kyle Shanahan are the two greatest offensive minds uh, along with Sean McVay in the NFL. I think I'd put... Uh, Kyle Shanahan, Andy Reid, 1A, 1B, uh, is the best play callers in all football. So that should, be, that should be an interesting chess match. And who will be able to, whose offenses will be able to slow down the other team's defense. That's going to be a great, 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 great matchup to see how, which, which head coach, which offensive guru can draw up something to beat the other team's defense. That I can see the Super Bowl being a very high scoring high scoring uh affair, which I, I, I'm excited to watch. I think these were when I looked at the playoffs, I was probably like, if I had to pick any other team beside the Vikings in the Super Bowl, I'd probably want to see the 49ers and the Can uh the San Francisco 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs, just because I'm very, very, very like enamored with their offenses. I'm just a big fan of Andy Reid. Uh, Kyle Shanahan, just watching them and how they just can kind of, you know, draw plays is just it's just it's just a thing of beauty. I know I sound kind of nerdy, but just watching the game plan and just the X's and O's and how they just get guys to just miss, you know, just find mismatches and defenses. I can go on and on about this, but what I will give credit to Andy Reid is how he built this offense. Everyone will say, you, everyone will say, no, it's at Patrick Mahomes. Oh, he's the best quarterback in the NFL right now. He's the most transcending quarterback. He surpassed Aaron Rodgers as the uh, greatest, uh, best quarterback in the NFL. Sure, he is the greatest, uh, quarter, uh, the best quarterback right now in the NFL. But would Pat Mahomes be the best quarterback in the NFL if it wasn't for Andy Reid? I personally think Pat Pat Mahomes, for as great as he is, I know he has a great arm. He is a he is a product of Andy Reid in that system, and I'm going to explain why. 
Because before Patrick Mahomes got drafted to the Kansas City Chiefs, when he was, did anyone really, really, really know anything about Patrick Mahomes? Let's be real. Think back, because you could probably disagree with me. Oh, Aaron, Patrick Mahomes, the Bears should have took Patrick Mahomes. But when you really look at it, back, back when they was drafted, was it a couple, two, three years ago? Did anybody really hear about Patrick Mahomes? I think I read a scouting report about Patrick Mahomes where I think a scout said, um, other than his big arm, there, you know, he does he doesn't have a feel for an NFL game. He could be very erratic. Uh, he, you know, he lacks accuracy, and it would be lucky if he would even be a starting quarterback in the NFL. When I read that, I was shocked. Like when the Kansas City Chiefs selected him at number ten, it's like no one. Hindsight is twenty twenty. Everyone can say, oh, Patrick Mahomes should have been drafted to the top five, but hindsight is twenty twenty. Pat Mahomes was a product of Andy Reid. He got to sit behind. Think about it. This is the same coach, Andy Reid, who made Donovan McNabb a borderline Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame quarterback. Let's be real. In that system with Donovan McNabb, in that system in Philadelphia, Andy Reid had Donovan McNabb looking like uh, a fringe borderline Hall of Fame quarterback. And then when he went to Kansas City, he brought Alex Smith with him. He made Alex Smith an all-pro quarterback. And what, uh, he was putting up 30, 30 touchdowns, four or five interceptions a season. We think, like, wow, how could they draft a quarterback when they have Alex Smith putting up these kind of numbers? But when you really think about it, it's really all the design of Andy Reid. I think Andy Reid should take the most credit for Pat Mahomes than anyone, than any other GM, than even Pat Mahomes himself. Because think about it. When you look at Pat Mahomes... He's already got the most weapons in the NFL. He got Tyreek Hill, the cheetah, Travis Kelsey, who's arguably one of the best tight ends in the NFL. He's got Miko Hardman, Sammy Watkins, who could be a number one receiver any other team. He's got Damon Williams as a running back, who's a solid running back, who can give you 100 yards at any given time. He can also catch the ball. He's got a stout offensive line. So if you took Pat Mahomes off that off, uh, tell me, if you took... Any other quarterback in the NFL, if you gave Aaron Rodgers, even Kirk Cousins, even uh, Jared Goff, you give all those all these quarterbacks those kind of weapons, you don't tell me they wouldn't put up those similar similar numbers, or not, not at, almost borderline. I know Pat Mahomes is a transcending quarterback. I mean, he, the way he can run, the way he can throw the football, rocket arm. But I think he is a product of Andy Reid. Andy Reid developed Patrick Mahomes. He saw something in him. He sat him down for a year, let him develop, learn the system, and he excelled. So as much credit as we give Pat Mahomes for this Kansas City Chiefs success in their offense, we got to give it to Andy Reid, the most credit to Andy Reid because he built this team, he designed the scheme, he, get, he drafted all the weapons, he took chances on Tyreek Hill when no one did, he went and got Watkins, Miko Hartman. Andy Reid is one of the godfathers of the NFL when it comes to an innovative offense, and I think... Andy Reid, hopefully he can finally get that coveted Super Bowl to solidify his career, to solidify his uh, coaching career. But it should be be an interesting Super Bowl. I'll get to the Super Bowl uh, in the next episode, but, you know, I just wanted to elaborate on my appreciation for Andy Reid and Kyle Shanahan and just seeing two masterminds of offense going at it in the Super Bowl in Miami. Well, I'm going to switch it up here, switch topics here um, on a more serious note. I know uh, 
Uh, I know that some, uh, this week the, uh, the the Netflix documentary of Aaron Hernandez dropped today. Uh, dropped. I don't know for those that saw the uh, documentary uh, on the Aaron Hernandez. Um, I'm still gonna. I'm still um, catching up on it, but so far, my thoughts of it. It's a very very sad story. I think in the documentary they kind of portrayed Aaron Hernandez uh, in a in a in a kind of a. I mean, he was a killer. But, and just kind of how his upbringing and how his parents kind of played a role on his on his life and shaped him out to be, uh, you know, this vicious and angry gentleman, uh, uh, individual. And he became a, you know, a menace to society, became a killer. He basically threw away his career and gave up $40 million. I don't know if anyone remembered Aaron Hernandez back in the day when he played for the New England Patriots. He was at that time arguably one of the best tight ends in all of football. He played alongside Gronkowski, but I could have swore to you they were neck and neck um, as one of the best tight ends in the NFL. I mean, Aaron Hernandez was a stud at Florida, but again, he his um, off the field uh, antics and his kind of his bags that came with him kind of slipped, made him slip to the New England Patriots. But honestly, it was a sad story. But just the way so far how the Netflix series portrayed him, I mean, I wish. I mean, the man can't really defend himself because he ended up killing himself. But it all relates, honestly, to 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 um, to mental health. I think mental health has been kind of a topic in sports that doesn't really get covered a lot. And I know they try to blame it on him being gay or whatnot. And like I know they were saying he was um, suffering from CTE. Uh, they said he had like uh, the brain of an eighty-year-old, but I think he truly didn't get the help that he needed just because he was an all you know all all pro athlete he was rich he was really good at his job i think he kind of was able to um get away with a lot more things than you know normal normal individuals in you know us general regular folk would get away with and i think it got to the point where the man killed his girlfriend's Husband, her boyfriend. Because I remember this story, oh, right? You know, I kind of followed the the whole Aaron Hernandez uh, situation. I, you know, I followed him when he was playing with Florida, when he played with Percy Harvin and Tebow, and, and it was just a, a, a just sad. And I, I, I personally, so far, what you see with the document, I don't like how they use this whole. He was a, uh, you know, he was gay, and he was he had a lover. His high school quarterback was a lover, or whatever, and just. I don't like how they portrayed it that um, they used that because if he was alive and they did this documentary, I don't think they would have mentioned that. And it's kind of sad that the man does it wasn't alive to kind of verify if any of this information was true or at least deny it. Or I just think that was kind of poor on the net, on Netflix to use that, uh, bring that up so often. I think what they could have did more was you know there was no one there to kind of verify the truth, so. I kind of smelt BS so far with the documentary. Uh, they could have did a better job with kind of verifying some of the sources, but yeah, it was a sad, sad, sad story. How a man threw away a a career like that he had. He was on a pace to be, you know, a, an all time great, and just you know the his his past and his upbringing kind of kind of derailed him, and it finally got to him. And obviously, playing football for that long of time. You know, getting all those head head injuries, it finally catches up to you. And you know, uh, I wish he got the help he needed before he finally, you know, self destructed. 
But I'm gonna finish the documentary, and then I'm gonna get to. Uh, I'm gonna give you more of my opinion on that documentary once I finish it. Also, another another sad situation of video surf, uh, surfaced going on that was going viral was uh, Delonte West was on the street. He looked like he was homeless, missing teeth. He just like he was also going through some demons, you know, some mental health issues, and he like it was just sad had to see how some of these professional athletes you know they go from being you know the man to you know being beloved by everyone then all of a sudden as soon as it all you know as soon as they stop playing or whatever the case may be people kind of forget about them um Delonte West is another example he ended up on the street got hooked on drugs um you know, he was going through some mental health issues, and it seems like, you know, all his, I don't know if the case if, you know, his loved ones or whoever was trying to help him prior to him ending up on the street and homeless, but now it seems to be getting attention now that, you know, they recorded him looking homeless, looking he was, you know, possibly was on drugs. They said he was schizophrenic, and now it seems like people care all of a sudden. When he probably could have been homeless for a few years now and no one's batted an eye until all of a sudden it's in the public eye. And there's been debates where should the NBA help him? Uh, should they help him? I know he's a former player. He's a former athlete. He's he no longer part of the NBA. But should these professional leagues help their former athletes, uh, former players that played in their league, isn't the, is it their obligation to help out these former players? Whether you know if they're experiencing any type of you know distress or you know issues, um, they should should they have the backs of the of their former players? What do you think? I mean, there should be, in my opinion, there should be a program in where. I mean, these professional leagues make millions and millions and I mean billions and billions of dollars off these former athletes. I know that you know it was reported Delonte West made sixteen million dollars, and and some people say, hey, he had all the money in the world, sixteen million dollars. You know, it's his fault. He's in the situation he's in, but is it really his fault? I mean, he had an issue that he kind of was able to mask just because he was really good at sports. Uh, you know, he was able to continue continue to push his situation away as long as he was making, you know, keep making baskets, you know, being able to shoot a ball. And then as soon as he couldn't do that no more, they just they kind of just get rid of him and then just forget about him. I think mental health is an aspect in sports that, you know, a topic that sports don't really, they're starting to come around, but they really kind of didn't take it seriously. I mean, it can be said on anything even, you know, you know, even the Eritrean community, we don't really take mental health. You know, it's more of a, oh, you'll be fine. And I think even for these up, these folks in these upbringing, they kind of get told, oh, there's nothing wrong with you. You'll be fine. You'll be all right. You'll be all right. It's all in your head. But I don't know. A few years back, man, uh, you know, my, my guy Royce White, he brought that up. He was talking about he was going through mental issues. Uh, you know, he was having problems and, you know, they kind of brushed him away. They didn't take him seriously, and then they kind of faded him and ended his NBA career, and no one batted an eye, and then all of a sudden you start to see more players start saying, you know, uh, Kevin Love came out, and um, it was a DeMar DeRozan came out and said, he, you know, he, 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 he suffers from depression and mental health. All of a sudden you're starting to see it come more to light. So 
I think these pro leagues owe their professional, you know, their former professional players the, you know, an opportunity, a program where they can, you know, make sure, you know, whatever issues that they're going through that they get taken care of. That's just my opinion. I don't let me know what you guys think. I don't know how you guys feel about that, but I just see just seeing sad story. I mean, they're, Delonte West and Aaron Hernandez are just two of, you know, many, many, many players that have gone in, you know, gone, you know, had careers and they just ended and then they just end up in horrible situations. And Aaron Hernandez, he ended up killing himself in prison. But I don't know. Let me know what y'all think. Uh, appreciate y'all Dan, for tuning in to the Being Technical Podcast. Again, you can stream me uh, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, The Overcast, uh, even also straight from the Anchor app, either one of those platforms. As long as you're listening, I do appreciate it. Once again, you can follow me on Twitter, Just Being Aaron. Also on IG, Just Being Aaron. You can drop me a like, comment. You can even give me a follow. Whatever, you, whatever, whatever love you can give me, I much appreciate it. Anyways, it's my time. They're about to kick me out anyways because they're just, they're just watching me. But y'all have a good one. I'm out. <laughs>